0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Happy Healthy Leaders Podcast. I am Dr. Jennifer Churchill, host of the show and I'm really excited about today's episode. First off, it's been a month since I've been with you and it's good to be back. And you can see my dog in the background there. If you're watching this on video, I have a special guest, Elsa, with me today. She's kind of creeping into the other room behind me. Oh, she makes me happy. Speaking of happy, I am super excited about today's episode for a couple of reasons. One, as a psychologist, this topic is extremely important to me, mental health and mental health awareness. And we are rounding out mental health awareness month with a lot of conversations with my clients and colleagues just around how we are paying attention to it so much more in every area of our life especially in the workplace and in the last i would say handful of weeks, I've had some really specific conversations with a few of my clients on the topic, not only about how they are doing in terms of their mental health and and wellness, but also how their employees are doing. My dog is squeaking in the background. And I just hate to take the toy away from her. Okay, so we're just going to go with it because this is my real life that I'm dealing with here. I may not be Mel Robbins yet, but I want to be as real and authentic as possible. And and of course, I don't actually want to be Mel Robbins. I want to be Jennifer Churchill, Dr. Jennifer Churchill here. So we will just deal with my dog squeaking her toy in the background for a minute. She'll she'll get tired. This is my real life every day when I'm working with clients. <laughs> My dog, who is my emotional support animal, is keeping herself happy with her squeaky toys. And in the world that we're living in and working in, that's our reality, that we have sometimes some ambient background noise uh, joining our, our time together. So earlier today, I had someone working in the yard, and they kept hitting the side of the house hoarding them. And now I have my sweet puppy, who wants to play, <laughs> interrupting this episode. Okay, I'm back. I think I have her quieted down for a moment. Oh my gosh, there's so many bloopers in this. I tell you what, I've waited like four weeks to sit down and record this episode. And when I do, it life happens, right? So we're just gonna roll with it. So today's topic is how delegation, the dreaded D word, can actually positively impact the mental health of your employees. And we'll talk about why. So obviously, mental health is a very important topic. We've been able to raise the conversation more often and more readily in the workplace. And leaders are really paying attention to it for their employees more and more, not only for themselves, but also for everyone else around them. Because in the United States, one in five people are affected by some level of mental health, mental illness, and it can be varying degrees. And so in any room, one or more of those people in the room might be managing anxiety, depression. And that is something that, you know, they have to really work through to hopefully they have that support team outside of their workplace to help them with and coping with their, with their symptoms and how they manage their life around you know, what comes up for them day to every day. But additionally, there are certain activities that actually can impact mental health in a positive way at work. And one of those is delegation. I've had many conversations actually in the last three months around how to to delegate more effectively, with almost everyone I've been coaching and I kept asking myself, you know, what is getting in the way right now of my leaders and some of my clients uh, that I would get to work with getting a handle or being able to manage how to delegate in an effective way. Delegation is not done well by hardly anyone. It's There's not a class on it um, when you go to school, a specific class, at least for me when I was in my MBA program, I did not have a specific class dedicated just to delegation. There should be, hopefully there is now since I've matriculated from school, but it is a skill set that is it's not done well because it's difficult. It takes a lot of time. People tend to not want to engage in delegation Activities for a few reasons. One, they think it could take longer to explain it or to teach it to someone else than it actually takes completing it themselves. And they, you know, they they want to feel indis- indispensable sometimes to their team. So they're, you know, kind of keep and hold on to specific knowledge. And oftentimes they just enjoy the work and want to, you know, d- don't want to assign it to anyone else. Oftentimes too, especially with everyone being really stretched right now in terms of resources and, in every aspect, um, especially in industries that are changing and evolving and being affected by our economic times right now, by the macroeconomics of the world we're living in. They don't want to put more on someone else's plate. So they, they tend to feel guilty about it. But then there's also the, just that confidence and trust that sometimes they don't have in those around them to necessarily hand off a project that's extremely important for, for them to actually follow through on for their boss and their leader. And sometimes they just feel like they're the only ones that can get it done right. So all of those things can get In the way and affect someone's ability to delegate well. But delegation, when done well, and I'll get into a couple tips specifically to help improve your awareness around delegation and how to do it well in a moment, can actually impact the mental health of everyone around you for a few different reasons. One, when you're engaging in an activity such as coaching and teaching a new behavior or a new project or program, it creates that just simply that engagement between two people. It does a couple of things emotionally and mentally. It cre- you know when you're having that kind of coaching conversation, you feel engaged in, you feel empowered, you feel um, there's a relationship that's building there. Trust and warmth can exist if that relationship, if that place, that relationship is a safe place for those two people, and so oxytocin is released. It is the, between the two people and just increased connection is felt when you have that relatedness between two people and an engagement around a task that actually is dedicated towards achieving something. It increases the trust. It increases that warmth and trust variable, not only from just the awareness of it happening, but biologically, you are able to impact that connection. In addition to that, when you're able to achieve something together through delegating through someone else, achievement for that person, but also achievement for you, then we also release dopamine. We have a dopamine hit and that achievement around accomplishing something is a positive reinforcer. And so there's those natural mechanisms in our body that actually can help protect us and help boost our mental health. And and so just engaging in a delegation relationship increases positive, you know, the positive effects on someone's mental health and wellness. Again, delegation done well. And so when, when I say that, what, what I also am seeing in a lot of my, many of my conversations right now with some clients is that they're, they're really kind of taking a step back from wanting to delegate because of a lot of change that's occurring Either whether that's in their industry or the macroeconomics and the of the environment are affecting their confidence and wanting to hand things off to their team members. And so they're 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 kind of pulling away from the activity a little bit more, which only increases their stress levels, which increases their mental health, but it also impacts that relationship between them and their direct reports in the in the sense that when people feel others pulling away, that can impact. Trust in both directions. And so, when we um, have a misplacement of a loss of potential trust or engagement in a relationship, that can absolutely affect our mood and our our thoughts, the cycle of how we think, which ultimately impacts our mood and our, our emotions, which then obviously impacts our mental health and wellness so i know i'm not talking about anything groundbreaking but I, what i wanted to do is explicitly state how delegation leaning into delegation more in the right way and doing it well can actually impact the mental health and wellness not only of your for you but for those around you so i want to talk about a couple variables that actually get missed in in a lot of delegation processes and a lot of delegation conversations that I've been noticing coming up with, with my clients I've been working with recently. And that is when we hand something off to someone, not a lot of, sometimes not a lot of teaching or coaching goes along with allocating a project to someone else. So having those coaching conversations And you know, I'm a fan from previous episodes of making coaching a habit and, and having patience, really having patience to teach and coach someone how to take on a new project is really, is really beneficial. It takes a lot more, it does take a significant amount of time, more time upfront, but once that individual feels confident and feels like they have the ability to take on that project and do it well. That absolutely then reinforces the trust in that relationship for that individual to continue to follow through on that on that project. The step that often gets missed when leaders or managers delegate is that they don't also hand off the accountability. And the and so what what can tend to happen, which is why people don't love don't prefer like kind of I guess are not afraid. Maybe it's afraid or don't do don't delegate well is be or or often, <laughs> often enough, if you will, is because they then, they then still implement the out- accountability piece rather than handing the accountability off to that employee. Now, one caveat I will say here is that this approach doesn't apply to everyone on your team. You want to select the right people for the right projects, what to delegate to whom, and all of that takes a huge um, kind of filtering process to ensure that you're setting the person up for success, that they have the skill set to follow through on the project, and and secondly that they have the they have the drive and the motivation to want to do something new well. Um, so we you really want to vet, you really want to test and verify through conversations around their willingness to want to do it, their skill set to be able to do it, but also handing off the accountability to them, allowing them to, and really basically empowering them to follow up with you around a specific time when they have accomplished whatever the task is, the program or series of steps, whatever it is. Because what can happen is when someone delegates and doesn't hand off the accountability to the person, hand off the follow through as part of the delegation process, then that manager or leader can feel like they might be hovering over that employee to kind of watch when they might be finished to be, you know, continually checking in. And then that doesn't build trust. So that one step that often gets missed um, is, you know, making delegation a coaching project a coaching conversation I'm sorry and and a lot of teaching going into that coaching as well but also handing off the accountability in the process to that individual like i said as long as that an individual has the strengths to follow through on on that task or project and has the willingness and motivation and engagement to then follow through on that accountability A couple other steps that I think are really critical to delegation that can ultimately then impact, you know, someone's, how they're feeling, like how they emotionally and mentally are doing, not just at work, but also even outside of their, their workplace is being able to be really clear and really defining the desired outcome and having a very clear communication channel for, for the whole process. So when I work with a leader and, and I would say that leaders at all levels struggle with delegation because there's a lot of variables that go into it that I've already identified one is you know ensuring that there's trust there in them in the, in the employee to follow through on the skill set and also the motivation and the willingness to um, hold themselves accountable according to the timeline, but also you know allowing for failure to occur. Just because someone may not do it exactly the way that you do it doesn't mean that it's wrong. But secondly, it also you also want to allow them to make mistakes, and rather than reassigning or taking away that responsibility. That's an opportunity for another coaching conversation. So that someone who f- doesn't feel they achieved something and then something is taken away, that is obviously not very reinforcing to build more trust and also then impact someone's um, emotional and mental well-being. And this all goes uh, hopefully without saying that this is this is a dynamic between a vetted relationship where trust exists. This isn't someone brand new to your team, let's say, that you've had time to kind of observe and verify their their abilities, but also to really ensure that they have the character and the willingness that you can trust them to follow through. And that takes a little bit of time. So it's not a brand new relationship either. Um, And allowing for patience to occur in the dynamic, you know, being allowing failure and allowing for patience to occur, to, to live in the in the relationship and Patience requires practice, especially for high performers, because high performers want things done really quickly and really, and done really quickly, usually really well, and almost as, as exactly right as they would like it to be, but also high performers tend to be really busy. So on the end of a project or a task, there needs to be feedback. There needs to be a a feedback loop that goes along with the delegation process And all of that takes points of contact that takes real live conversations, ideally done in person, oxytocin and dopamine exchanges and releases don't, I mean, oxytocin exchange and releases can occur over over, in virtual environments, not as well as it can in person. I will make a little note, kind of a trivia tidbit, if you will, if you have a dog they also have the ability to release oxytocin. So if you are needing that kind of oxytocin release when you're, you know, engaged in an activity such as taking on a new task or whatnot, pet your dog, look into their eyes, there's an exchange there too. (laughs) Cats have less of an oxytocin release than dogs do. Just, I will make that point. So they have some, but not as much. (laughs) A little levity there in the middle of this, you know, serious delegation conversation. So on that note, I know I'm connecting two kind of unseemly paired concepts, topics together, how delegation can impact mental health. But I want everyone to see how having those types of engagements, allowing people to achieve, allowing people to receive feedback, connecting with one another is one of the most healing ways we can feel better emotionally and mentally, especially when we're at work. And that is through you know, having a very like well thought out, very caring, very clear delegation process is something that leaders... I would, I would hope that leaders really strive to work on more and more because it can have so many more impacts than we realize. We're so afraid of delegating sometimes or even being delegated to because of the you know connotations of it's more work to give someone or I'm just getting there, I'm getting dumped on. But if the delegation process is done well, we can we can totally reframe the perspective on delegation and it can impact someone's mental health and wellness in a positive way. So with that said, I just want to thank you for showing up for today's solo pod. And I will be back with another episode next month probably with my podcast producer, Nick Kastner. And please give me some feedback. Let me know um, if you have any questions or if there's any specific questions that you would like to have me address in the upcoming episodes or topics to address in upcoming episodes. You can go to uh, my website, which is in this text of this podcast episode and send me an email there on my contact page. And um, otherwise you can email me at jennifer at jenniferchurchill.com. I'd love to hear from you and that is our episode of the month and I will be back with you all next month for a new episode. So thank you so much for showing up and please share this episode if you found it helpful with others and I look forward to seeing you on the Happy Healthy Leaders podcast with Dr. Jennifer Churchill in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.